This is Rocks to Roots, a podcast presented by the Spokane Conservation District. This podcast series is intended to share education and resources related to land management, conservation practices, and celebrate some of the great stewards of our land here in our region. How's it going? Uh, it's, sun's out. It's going great. I know. It's so beautiful out. Thank goodness. We got some good weather. I'm so over winter. I'm tired of being cooped up in the house. Right. I'm ready to get out and do some yes. yard work. My yard for sure needs it. My goodness gracious. <laughs> oh, dang. With the snow melts and then you can actually see everything. Oh, yeah. It's like, okay, spring cleanup. <laughs> let's go. Yeah, big time. Well, we are back in the Rocks to Roots podcast seats. We are so excited to be kicking off season six. We have a great lineup of new content for all of our listeners. Um, And we also have a few extra spots um, on our um, roster. So if anybody's interested in getting in on this sixth season, uh, reach out to us at info at rockstoroots.org. We have an Awesome, awesome episode to kick off season six. Uh, we just got done interviewing Vicki Carter, the director of the Spokane Conservation District. The woman, the myth, the legend, the <laughs> yes. director of the Spokane Conservation, yes. Vicki Carter. No kidding. That is the best way to put it. Um, jam-packed with information. We hadn't interviewed her on the podcast since August of 2020, which is crazy to think about because that feels like forever ago that was the original right the original the very the first very episode. very first one ever right. yeah. yeah oh man going back and listening to that was was hard <laughs> i gotta say <laughs> but um so much good information so many cool things talking about the new campus here that we have for uh spokane conservation district and all the great programs and everything that we've done in the in under two years so oh wow yeah yeah well, under two years since staff moved in, but not obviously August 2020 was more than two years. God, <laughs> I can't so do math so anymore. COVID, <laughs> just, that wiped my brain. So there, There's a pocket calculator for all that. That's okay. Exactly. You know? <laughs> well, let's go ahead and let's kick off season six, episode one with uh, director of the Spokane Conservation District, Vicki Carter. Hi, Vicki. Hey, Hillary. Oh my gosh. We're so excited to have you sitting back in the seat, in the Rocks to Root seat again. Back in the saddle. <laughs> Here we are. Can you believe that we interviewed you back in August of 2020. That seems just like forever ago. <laughs> I know. Um, in fact, when you sent me over our, our, you know, the paper, I was like, no way. That is crazy. And we were in our old building. That's what's really crazy. So, so crazy. I actually was listening to the interview before we did this because I was like, I got to check it out. And hopefully. I probably should have done that. <laughs> well, hopefully there's been a little improvements on my end since then. But no, it was such a great interview. And um, for Aww. anybody who's tuning in, to this one and didn't catch that one definitely to go and have a listen you did such a great job just talking about the Spokane Conservation mm. District giving some history about it talking about all of the awesome programs that we have and we've grown even more and right. that's what we're here today to talk about yay 
I love it. Yes. And you have a new co-host since we did our first episode. That's true. We Hi, got Dwayne. Dwayne. Hey, how y'all doing? <laughs> We're good. All right. Are you excited to be back? Oh, yes. It's it's amazing. What is this, season six now? Season We're back. Six. And what great. episode? It's like close to 50. Yeah. We're up there in the 40s. Yep. Mid 40s. So... So honestly, Hillary, let me just throw something right back at you. Um, are, look at you. And aren't you surprised by how this, I mean, the reception this has had, how it's taken off, the number of interviews and the people and the quality of, of interviews has, has just been amazing. But seriously, this was a little bit of an answer to not being able to do our farm and food symposium in 2020 mm-hmm. due to COVID. And it's still here. That's amazing. That's yeah. so cool. I know. I, I do have to pinch myself sometimes. I'm like, is this great or am I crazy? <laughs> well, they go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but no, I, you're exactly right. The people that we have had um, in this chair telling mm-hmm. their stories, mm-hmm. um, talking about their missions, talking mm-hmm. about their organizations has just been had such a great response from our community and so it has been just totally a dream project and yes it truly has been from the backyard to the back 40 i mean the the scope of what the conversations have been um the people what they're involved in and it makes you feel so good that this is in our community this is in our backyard Mm -hmm. and uh, we're just blessed i mean spokane as a as a county and as a region um i think it's just um it's just an actual blessing for us. So yes, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to back. Hopefully there's a little bit of an episode for everybody out there. Oh, so. there is <laughs> without a doubt. Well, we have so much to cover since our last I interview. Know. I it's got your so marching exciting. orders here. I'm like, wow. Okay. I hope we can get through all of this. I know. I was just telling Dwayne that I'm like, we got a lot to cover today. So let's dive right in. All right. Okay. So August 2020, we're in the old building. We had right. just kicked off podcast, and we were getting ready for our big move. And mm-hmm. we are here. We are in this beautiful new building. Yeah. Um, our staff occupied the building. Um, just a little. I mean, we're almost up on two years. It was right. April 2021. Yep. So. Let's talk about the new building, the new campus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So just for our listening audience and for those that may be new to us, so we were housed over at the Spokane Fairgrounds for years, um, just right on the property there in an an older building that we we had outgrown as a conservation district, but the county also wanted their building back for some future um, uh, needs that they had. And so we were, you know, we were told that they would not be renewing our lease. So that put us out on a journey. Um, in 2017, um, this property, we found this property. It's 50 acres. It's located just straddling the city of Spokane and the city of Spokane Valley. So we're right on 8th and Havana. Its former life was a rock quarry. Um, it had all the makings, though, of this incredible campus. And the first time I saw it, I, I mean, it blew my mind. I'm not kidding. I walked in here and I was like, this is magic. And now you have to be able to see through (laughs) a lot of, you know, there were a lot of scars and bumps and bruises and a lot of asphalt, um, being a former asphalt plant and rock quarry. But, um, it, it was just, a, like I said, a magical place. So yeah, so we, we bought it in 2017. We did lots of cleanup, started some restoration work on the outdoors. Initially, we thought the existing building was going to be our home. That didn't work out. So um, we embarked on what can we do to build a building. So we did that during COVID, which was amazing. The timing just was 
absolutely perfect. So while everybody had to go home, it gave us the opportunity to be able to be under construction and not really disrupt any of our work or our services. Um, so we did that and it was March of 2020 that, or 2021. So yeah, two years ago that we did our ribbon cutting. We had our dedication of the building. Um, we had as much of a ceremony as we could have because we were still under COVID protocol, but it was a really nice ceremony. I'm, I'm really pleased with how everything turned out. And then in April that next month, um, we were able to move in and I'll never forget. I don't know if I can say this, but you might have to edit this out, (laughs) but, um, I was the last one out of our old building and, um, I had had some surgeries. I wasn't able to, you know, move my stuff very quickly. So I kind of just, you know, was taking my time, packed up my boxes and I was carrying my last load out to my car. And all of a sudden I just got very emotional and, you know, just kind of looking around because I, I, been in that building for a very long time since 1998 and prior to that the other building over there since 1991 and so I just had this moment and I was you know I was crying and just kind of and I had this just overwhelming feeling of oh my gosh what did I just do what did I just do to my staff and (laughs) and you know the conservation district I've uprooted everybody and I came back here to the new property and I was carrying my stuff in and Hillary met me and she could see that I was, you know, kind of tearful. And she goes, what's wrong? And I said, I'm just having this moment where, you know, I'm just really emotional. I don't, I, you know, just questioning if I've done the right thing. And she goes, about what? And I said, just, you know, uprooting everybody and leaving our, you know, our home. And she goes, can I say this? Go she for goes, it. That shithole. <laughs> <laughs> and I stand by my words to this day. Okay, we might have to edit that out. But anyway, um, that just gave me all the confidence I needed to know that we were in the right place at the right time. So we Absolutely. just marched forward from there. And then it was shortly after that, we did a beautiful dedication of our training room. We named it after Jerry Sheely, who's been, who was our board chair for almost 30 years. And it was so special to be able to recognize him for all of the time and energy that he has put into us. And, you know, we're obviously his conservation family, but really to, to give him that honor was Mm -hmm. super special. And I'm so glad that we, we did that. And then, um, it was, uh, gosh, it was just not even, um, a month or actually with, when we consider our, um, our, ribbon cutting ceremony, it was not even 24 hours later. And I was sitting in front of the PRC board asking for special uh, permission to build a second building. And that was the partnership building. So our building is uh, 12,500 square feet. We've got occupancy of about 23 people in here, but we've built another 15,000 square foot partnership building. And we have some great um, potential tenants that will be on campus with us that we are super excited about. Yeah. That was really exciting. Go for it. Have you ever had a small vision in your whole life? Or has everything <laughs> always been a macro get her done vision? Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> you I know, just a small I, corner building over there to 50 acres, you know, just go for hey, it. Hey, we just did our Clifton Strengths analysis, and my number one strength is activator. So, you know, as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, well, that makes 100%, sense. Yes. Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> Heck yes. Um, so I want you to talk a little bit about... Um, like features of the Mm. actual office building. Talk to us about who were our partners on building the building um, because it is just so beautiful and unique and perfect for Mm -hmm. the space that we're in. Yeah. Well, um, 
It, it really was an incredible team. You know, they talk about a dream team um, that the group that we worked with. So it starts with um, our architectural firm, which was Integris Architecture, um, our contractor, KCI, Kilgore Construction, um, our uh, civil engineering was AHBL. And we met every single week and were, be, you know, we really worked very cohesively um, as a group. And everybody bought into this. That's what was so special. This wasn't just another building that they were building either. This was something very special to them. And I think it was so special because of where it is. Um, and we really played into that in the design and the materials that were used here. So I love what Mark Daly said, um, and he was the principal architect. He just said, this building could not be anywhere else. You could not pick this building up and move it to any anywhere else in, in Spokane and have it fit. It is for this location and this location only. In fact, um, I have a little quote from him that said, this building would not be right anywhere else. It's built specific to the site with the materials and everything that represents the conservation district was built into it. Mm -hmm. So true. So for instance, um, all of the wood that's in the building is all reclaimed barnwood within a hundred miles of us. All the rock that was used in our training room, we as a staff collected that on multiple days. I think probably on the three hottest days of <laughs> August that you could possibly find, that's when we decided to do our, our collection days. It was a great team building. Activity. It was. It was a lot. It actually, those are the moments that matter. Those totally. are the, you know, the, those, those are the things that you get to look back on and that you're really proud of and you're really excited about. And, and you see that now in its, you know, in its glory and you're really proud of it. And you know that, that all that hard work really mattered. Mm -hmm. Um, so we, yeah, so that rock is all collected and then we used raw steel and of course the concrete and all of it was to symbolize a building um, that's a hardworking building because that's what we are as a conservation district and that's the people that we represent. And we didn't want a Taj Mahal. We didn't want people to be uncomfortable in here. I, in fact, very specifically told them that I didn't want this to look like a city hall building or even a typical government building. I very much wanted um, all of our, our constituents, the people that come to us, our landowners, our farmers, our foresters, I want them to come in and feel comfortable. And mm -hmm. if they have a little dirt on their boots, that's okay because that cleans up, you know, that kind of feel. And I really, you know, in addition to the great design, the light that comes in the building and, you know, we have all of these aesthetics like this the passive solar system in here and we it all plays together but when people come here I know they're comfortable they, I, I hear it all the time and I think you probably oh, do yeah. too because you're out front people just walk in and, and they just kind of let down because it's like wow this is a this is a great space well and a lot of people had never even seen this space back here right and so it's getting all of its exposure mm -hmm. and glory too and revitalization and yeah very so. much and that's part of what I meant by I said you know when I said it was the magic because when you drive in here it doesn't matter what your commute is you know you and I come mm -hmm. from the South Hill or downtown area and you can be on the freeway and stressed out and <laughs> yeah. all that is it's like as soon as you pass through those gates there's something that happens it's a transformation and you just mm -hmm. kind of and you're here and you're present and you feel good. I'm going to tell you a quick story. We're totally off script here, but okay. I have one employee that after we moved in told me, um, I was about ready to leave the conservation district because I thought I hated my job. What I realized was I was so unhappy in the environment 
mm-hmm. the working environment, meaning the building, the space. He said it was not inspiring at all. And he said, I love my job today. I will never leave. Yeah. Isn't that amazing what that does to the psyche? Yeah. Well, and it, it's so absolutely true. I mean, your environment definitely plays a role on, mm-hmm. you know, how you perform, how you feel. And I mean, all of us as staff, we're nature people. We yeah. want to be close exactly. to nature. And I think and that you came up with a term or a slogan when we moved in, which was tell me nature next door. <laughs> oh, I've come up with a lot. Of those, I know you so. are, you are like the queen of that. So, but yeah, nature next door. And yeah, it really it does truly feel like that. Right. When you come to no, work it really day. does. Yeah. One of the things that, um, I was recently quoted on and I did bring it because, um, uh, you know, you forget what you say, um, but um, I was quoted, and this is so true. It said, our new building has truly revealed the very best version of the SCD staff and board of board members. The thoughtful architecture and the site-specific design have provided an environment offering an entirely new level of possibility, and that couldn't be more true two mm-hmm. years later. So, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, I know that the building has also won some pretty prestigious awards as well for the design. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So after the build out, um, there's, it's been nominated actually for several in in some architectural digest, um, magazines as well. Um, but two of them that we have been presented is uh, one was through AIA, which is the American Institute of Architects. It was their design and excellence award. We received the honorable mention for that in 2022, which was a big award given, uh, statewide over in Seattle. And then um, locally, the AIA for Spokane gave us the Sustainability Award, and that was due to the materials, the construction, the location, um, just, you know, everything that we are as a conservation district. And it was like, how fitting, you know, that we would be able to receive that that Mm -hmm. recognition. So, yeah. So those are the two I know about. I know that it was up for um, a concrete use award. I, I didn't, they came in, took all kinds of photographs and stuff, but I don't, I haven't heard anything back from some of those other ones, mm-hmm. but yeah, super, um, super, you know, just exciting that we were recognized that way. Yeah. No, those are very, should be very proud. And what, like you said, dream team. It to was, get this it all was done. the dream team for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so staff moved in April, 2021. We're still kind of dealing with this thing. I don't even want to talk about it know, ever again. <laughs> I but know. June came, June 2021, and um, the Washington State announced the reopening. And so we got to work. We did. <laughs> yeah. Even more so than what had already been going on. And so um, we did our first community event mm-hmm. um, in that September of 2021. And that was also a celebration. And I'll mm-hmm. let you tell it. <laughs> well, that was our 80th birthday uh, for the Spokane Conservation District. So the very first conservation district was formed in 1941. And from 1941 to 1973, there were four conservation districts in Spokane County. And that was kind of common back then they didn't have employees so they you know they had their board of of supervisors or their board members and so they would do a lot of those projects and things so they were volunteer so it would make sense that it was split up but in 73 um, they consolidated and made one conservation district and that's how we've been operating Um, so anyway that was our 80th birthday that was um, very exciting we had a great turnout we had a beautiful day Mm -hmm. Um, you were there Dwayne you guys did a really cool class out in the Seed savers class over there. Seed savers, right? We had a couple of our farm vendors down here. And we had, yeah, a bunch of vendors. And we also had some of the the high schools, I believe, come out and do some.
some some cheers and dances. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> they were so cute. I know, I'm blanking um, on the dance team name, but um, no, that was a really, really fun surprise. Yeah. It was, it was totally yeah, just went with the whole commencement of everything. Yes, <laughs> yes. then there were a lot of uh, family activities. We mm-hmm. got to do some touring of the property, tours of the building. Kids were on mm-hmm. campus, which was so cool to see, climbing yeah. on the rocks yeah. and just getting dirty. And, yeah. and painting and, rocks. Yep. They got to paint rocks, yep. too. So Yeah. Because conservation rocks. Exactly. <laughs> we have a new mascot, a gnome. We yes. named this the gnome home. Yes, the gnome home. Yeah. I don't know if we actually determined a name, but we're going to have to figure that out eventually. I think we should have Actually, a Brennan, I think your kids were in the running for the best names. Were they? Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. <laughs> Brennan's kids were here. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they were not good names. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think, I think I could, well, I can't remember what they were, but I remember <laughs> texting you that they were in the top. But um, So let's talk about an 80th birthday mm-hmm. and the significance and what that means yeah. for just having an 80th birthday as a conservation district. Yeah, well, so most conservation districts around the United States were formed, you know, about that same time. Um, There's 3,000 conservation districts across the U.S. landscape. 45 are right here in Washington State. And most of us formed right in that... um, early 40s timeframe because our state legislation was enacted in 1939. Um, But the significance, I think, is um, when you look back over the years, is just the amount of conservation that's been put on the ground um, toward our natural resources and what that means to us in such a beautiful place. Um, Washington state is absolutely gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And as there are many other states, but to be able to conserve and protect those natural resources and be able to offer those back to our community the way that we do is really significant and special. Um, when we when we were 75 years old, uh, I went to a conference and um, there was a great speaker there and, and he made the comment, will your district see its 100th birthday? And that was I can't even tell you how much that affected me. And he said, the key to it's going to be your partners. And I remember at that conference, I flipped my paper over and I just started writing down every single partner, whether it was a public entity or a private corporation or a nonprofit or whatever it was, or a person. And I wrote those names down and it just became uh, like a turn over the rock game for me. I just started networking and calling and you know i i was determined that this district will see its 100th birthday and i am more convinced of that today than ever before but yeah the 80 years just represents um the history um that we have in in conservation of our natural resources across our landscape coming out of the dust bowl era right Mm -hmm. and that's where it all started Yeah. yeah Well, yeah, definitely just the amount of work that, you know, all of our various departments go through and all the projects and the grant writing and all of that. I mean, it it truly is spectacular. When you think about, I mean, the growth, and you talked about that a little bit at the beginning. So in 1983 is when our district hired its first employee in January, and then in May they hired a second employee. And when I came on in 1991, there were still only four employees Oh, wow. <laughs> so, I mean, we had an annual budget of, I think it was about $150,000 and four employees. And now you look at, you know, 23 employees plus seasonals and interns. And depending on the year and our, our grant awards, we're running eight to $11 million a year now. So 
It's really wow. changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to give you a chance to kind of talk about just our governance here mm. and too, and our board yeah. supervisors and yeah, elections. That's really and, important. Yeah. Yeah. So governance is one of those things that um, sometimes people don't like to talk about because um, what it really does is, is it, it establishes role clarity. And in a lot of organizations, especially when they're new and young and kind of a fledgling, they have to do this more, this style, which is more operational, more of a day-to-day. And that's okay. That's, that's the way things start. But over time, as an organization matures, then you have to mature into a, a different type of governance. And so for us, that occurred in about 2000. Our chair at the time, Jerry Sheely and I attended a conference and we watched this um, this governance style called the Carver model. And it really did define the roles between a board and a staff. And it established um, guidelines, if you will, or, or sideboards for each one. That model ended up being... Um, it's, it's kind of a negative model. There's a lot of you shall not do's and that sort of thing. So it doesn't, it's not a feel good model, um, but it morphed into another model called um, cohesive governance or um, uh, uh, coherent governance, excuse me, coherent governance. And that model made sense to me. And again, it had these, you know, kind of parameters around what a board's role is, and then parameters around what the director's role is, and then parameters around what the staff's role is. And together, that all works together kind of synergistically to create your results. That's how you get to your mission. And it works. And so we've been under that system since 2007. And to this day, I'm still asked to come and talk about that model. And now there's work involved. You don't get to just take what we've developed and, you know, plug and play it into your organization. You have to do the work, but we're still asked. In fact, I'll be doing a presentation next month to another conservation district on that subject specifically. So, but it has worked and what it does is it really helps um, the board do their best work and then the staff can do their best work. So the board's in charge of our policy and kind of, you know, that um, overarching architecture of the conservation district of the future and we're here to get it done. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a, it's a great system. Yeah. Clearly been a win for us. Well, and the support of all of these new things and coming here and the campus and the building, um, definitely the support of the board was huge, tremendous. They have been that way forever. This is one of the best boards. I'm on several boards and, you know, I have watched a lot of boards over the years. This is, this is such a cut above everything else. These people are amazing. They're dedicated. They love, they're passionate. They love conservation. They know what they're doing and they are so extremely supportive of this staff. Mm -hmm. I I couldn't ask for a better board to work for. So, excuse me. So we have the conservation celebration 80th birthday, and then we went into another groundbreaking <laughs> event. Talk about that. Well, as I said, as you know, right on the tail of our opening ceremony here, I was at the PRC getting um, special permission to be able to build another building. And so that groundbreaking was for that partnership building. And that was built with CURB money, which is through the Washington State Department of Commerce. CURB is the Community Economic Revitalization Board. 
And that was designed to be in partnership with a private entity. So that's not, I, you know, not another government or, you know, so that's, uh, that's public money that's helping a private entity stay in Washington. That's what it was designed for. We want those jobs, community economic development. So we want those jobs to stay here or we want those jobs to come here. So that's what that was all about. So yeah, that was another groundbreaking ceremony. And um, that building, you know, like I said, we have 15,000 square feet and we've got lots of um, interest and ideas in its um, in its completion and for tenant occupancy that we are exploring right now as we speak. Some of it I'm not at liberty to really <laughs> talk about yet, but some good stuff to come for sure. Well, it also is beautiful and just perfect for you know, this campus as well. Well, it's really the sister and to this yeah, building. Definitely. So they're not twins, but they're sisters. So we mm-hmm. used a lot of the same materials, a lot of the same design philosophy. Um, so you walk in and you know that the two buildings, uh, they're they are definitely related. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's a different layout. It's, you know, we, we wanted it to still be its own building. And we want, ours is so special. We wanted to make sure it stayed that way too. Mm-hmm. So there, you did mention that there was an already existing building on the campus yes. and it is still here. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. what's going on with that building? Oh, that's super exciting. So that is a leased out right now to the nest and the nest is a private preschool. So we have 50 little kids on site. <laughs> Yay. And it's under, um, it's called the Reggio Emilia, um, learning format. And basically it's kind of like a Montessori style. Um, but it's, it's based, it's a nature inspired outdoor learning uh, philosophy. And I think, um, if I really, and I don't understand it completely, but there's like four pillars that they teach to, and they, the, the, the really big concept with them is kids have to be, it has to be tangible to them for them to learn. And so they just do all kinds of outdoor stuff and it's so cool. So we have 50 little kids running around on campus, which is exactly what we want here. <laughs> yes. This is bringing up the next, you know, educators and yeah, for you two youngins here, um, <laughs> they offer, you know, um, priority placement for anybody that's on the campus, just saying yeah. in the future. I've been <laughs> driving by, I'm, I'm just always at the farm and I drive by, I'm like, wow. Uh, is this daycare? Like, wow, I didn't know everybody had this yeah. many kids. Um, yeah. Okay, let's drive on. That's <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Okay, the nest. I love yeah. it when they walk by my office and they got their little backpacks and they got yes. sticks in their hands <laughs> and they're out just exploring. Yeah. And no, it is such a great partnership. Oh, and for, for, you know, for me, I, I raised my kids while I was working here. So, cause when I started, they were six and seven years old. They're going to be 39 and 40 this year. That nice. is just so sick. I can't even <laughs> believe that. But how amazing would it have been? And if I would have had the opportunity to have my kids on campus and learning this, you know, kind of thing, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Just being exposed to these yeah. types of jobs yes, too, yes. you know, on an early age. Yes. Kids need to be outside. I can't say that enough. Yes, kids yes. need to be outside exploring and getting in touch with nature and just, you know, and valuing it and knowing that understanding the connection because, you know, they're all, they've got their little tablet or iPhone now in their hands, but they also should understand where that even came from. That's not just from target kids. Those mm-hmm. are resources and they're, they're precious resources and we need to understand them and, and really value them. So I'm not saying that we shouldn't, you know, have computers or anything like that, but kids do need to be outside. We need to make that it connection. Needs to be a good balance. It should be a balance. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good for the brain. Yeah. 
So I want to give you a chance. So we have the nest here. Mm -hmm. Um, We got a partnership building. We're hoping to get some really good partners in there. Let's talk about some of the other partners that are already here or that are already contributing um, to our programs. Oh, well, we have one of our guests or one of our partners right here. Um, So Vets on the Farm continues to be a partner um, in all that we do. And I think you guys have a really cool uh, event coming up in May. We do. May uh, 12th and 13th, that Friday, Saturday, we will be over here at the Conservation District doing our annual uh, Mother's Day plant sale. Yeah. The flowers are looking even better than they ever had. We've moved over. We've uh, started growing some houseplants, some coleus. Uh, they're looking really good. Great way to ring in the, the spring or the, the summer. Yeah. Um, our herbs are, we got a kick on the year this time, and um, they're looking great. And, of course, that's we have all of our other starts going on. So. Oh, that's yeah, great. Yeah, come see us. We'll be um, here on that Friday. We'll be here in the afternoon. Uh, hopefully we'll be set up by no later than 1 and we'll be shutting down by five on that day. And then Saturday will be nine till four or oh. nine until people stop showing up. So. <laughs> awesome. Until you sell out. Until we sell out. Awesome. Yes, there it is. Very good. But we're hoping for that on Friday. Yeah. So that's definitely one of our big partners. We also um, have co-located with us in our building um, four members of the Washington State Conservation Commission. Mm-hmm. Um, I always you know, say the commission is our mothership, so they're they're their center is over in Olympia. Um, but we have Eastern regional reps. And so four of them are over here with us, which is really great. So we have them. Um, we have master gardeners, um, the master gardener foundation. Um, they were awarded a grant and we have partnered with them for some space and they will be putting in a couple of learning greenhouses on site. So eventually they'll be growing some of the stuff for their plant sale that they do annually every year, um, as well as, you know, hosting some, um, some classes and things like that for, for folks in the community. So we're excited about that. And then we have, um, we have a we received an, a new grant this year where we're going to be building our own greenhouse on site as well for riparian plant propagation. So that's kind of we'll come back and talk about that. When, yeah, when it's just getting <laughs> kicked off, but we have three acres that we're going to be developing for that. Um, so we'll be partnering with um, some of the other conservation districts and other entities that do riparian plant um, projects that will need that as a source um, and. What about, um, so I know that, well, we have a trail system that we oh, yeah. built. So let's mm-hmm. talk about some of just the improvements, we will say, or new things that we've installed on campus. Okay. So yeah, when we, there were already some existing roads and trails on the property. And so we wanted to capitalize on those so that as people come in to do whatever it is, different kinds of events, it could be a conference that they're, you know, attending here, or it could be that we have days where we have tours or we have, you know, people on site. We wanted to have a place for them to actually go and and explore and see the property in its entire and see all of its beauty and what it has to offer as a community gem. So um, we have a trails committee here at the Conservation District headed up by Walt Edelin. He's um, our water resource manager. And they have just done a phenomenal 
job. Mm -hmm. I can't say that enough. They have broke trail. They have made some of the coolest areas accessible now. And um, that will eventually include um, signage. So we plan on having interpretive signage to talk about some of the geology that's on site, some of the native plant species that are here. I mean, this is a really special place. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the hydrology that should be noted. Um, So that'll be, but I think we've got over a mile and a half of trail built now and there's plans to have more in the future as they continue but right now they've kind of um, stopped breaking trail and I think they're using this time for some trail maintenance and doing some widening and you know really improving on what they worked on last year Mm-hmm. And all of his staff got to get out there with shovels. Yep. And <laughs> another great team. Yeah. Fun. Get another blister, yeah. you know, for us that stay in the office all day. Awesome. And Friends of the Quarry also is out there helping as well. Well, yeah. Friends of the Quarry. Hillary can talk about Friends yeah. of the Quarry. Yeah. So with the new campus, um, we decided to go ahead and deem um, our volunteer group, the Friends of the Quarry, um, it just seemed to fit well. And our volunteer list has just grown like crazy. I think when people get here and get their hands dirty, they run home and they run to their other friends and say, oh my gosh, you've got to join Friends of the Quarry. It's so cool um, to get here and to just be a part of this space and just the development of it. So yeah, it's a really exciting program that we're happy and blessed to have. <laughs> I, I ran into somebody just recently too, and I introduced myself and told them where I work and they go, Oh, I volunteered. I was over there <laughs> as a, doing a project. I was like, you were, that is so awesome. So yeah, people in the community are interested in getting involved. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a great program. Yeah. Well, and as we continue to, you know, just build on this property, like Stacy already has mm-hmm. some really cool ideas and some really cool things for educational right. stations. Right. Um, so I know that she has a composting, um, yeah. area, vermiculture. And, yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then she, uh, put together those backpacks, the Explore oh, yes. Outdoors, which are mm-hmm. available for families to come and check out. And they can use them on site here, which there's plenty to explore, or they can take them off site and check them out. Kind of like, you know, you check out something at the library. Um, and in the, there, so it's a backpack and it's got all these resources on, there's five subjects. She's got rocks and soil, water and, and pond ecology, forestry and trees, pollinators and I think one on snow Uh is that right yes and so those are available for checkout and families can use those and for all age groups too there's something for everybody in that it's so cool there's like a scavenger hunt and if it's a rock and soil thing I think she's got um um a microscope or a magnifying glass and she's got you know you can look at different rocks and look at them just all kinds of fun things in there so mm-hmm. um so those are available now and those can be used at any time checked and out and someone can just walk into the mm-hmm. front desk ask for one and yeah. check it out just like that yeah Right. Yeah, and then they bring it back. I think they can check it out for two weeks. They bring mm-hmm. it back, and then she replenishes what was used or what needed to be replenished. Yeah, so it's really cool. So she's got some great educational stuff going. Um, but down the road, we're really hoping to have some, like I think you mentioned, some educational field stations. Mm-hmm. So where right. we can actually bring classrooms of kids onto the property and to do, again, something similar to that. It might be a, a soils activity or a geology activity, or it might be, you know, some sort of a water activity, but whatever it is, um, just to have those field stations. And we have so many great, just natural areas for those to be located, you know, and again, 
getting outside, having to walk a little bit to, to get to them, having mm-hmm. an outdoor classroom. I would have, I think I would have liked high school a lot more if I could have <laughs> I agree. that. Maybe most kids, huh? Yeah, definitely. Well, so many cool things in a very short period of time, less than two years. Yeah. We'll mark that yeah. down. <laughs> and so I know that um, you met with the city of Spokane Valley. They came out. Um, uh-huh. There was um, something with the easement. Um, oh, yeah. All of that going on. So mm-hmm. talk to us about that. Well, okay. So again, we have 50 acres here. And in our northeast corner of our property, when we bought it, there was this small, about an acre that served as a um, stormwater drainage pond. And um, it was put in there by a former developer. There's a long backstory to this, but it was put in by a developer for some of the housing that's just to the south of us for to catch you know, stormwater. Um, that needed to have an easement on it. And the city of Spokane Valley <clears throat> needed that easement when, and they, they didn't have a perfected easement on it. So when we moved in, we started talking about what that would look like. Basically they need to get in here to be able to maintain it. And legally they have to have an easement to cross our property. So after just, you know, working with them and it took a couple of years, but after working with them, um, we were able to negotiate, um, a price cause basically you have to pay for an easement. So it's, it's, it's like, it's not, they don't own it, but they now have the rights to be on that section of our property for maintenance and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So yes, we were able to, to negotiate a price that was very comfortable for both of us and we Try win. Um, and so wasn't that meeting, I, wasn't there a discussion about the property value as of yes. now since we've moved in? <laughs> yes. Talk about improvements. Well, okay. So sometimes there's just dumb luck. And so when we bought this property, again, it was in 2017, the market had not quite hit yet, but it was on the uptick. Um, so we paid $1.2 million for the entire 50 acres with the existing building. Mm-hmm. That was here. And um, you know, I'm going to tell you, at the time, that was every dollar we we had to be able to do this. It was a huge investment. It was a huge leap of faith. And it was a huge, like, you know, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> oh, my gosh, sleepless nights. But, um, again, supportive board, a supportive staff. We went for it, and we did it. Um, so when we started these negotiations then with the city of Spokane Valley, we had to have a formal appraisal done on the property. As it turns out, it came back. You guys understand the development that's going on, the housing mm-hmm. boom. It's just been crazy around here. And, and especially in this area. I mean, there's these little pockets. You can go up Carnahan and you see it all. I mean, mm-hmm. you, Dwayne, mm-hmm. you drive down oh, yeah. every oh, yeah, day. You see everywhere. it. Yeah, so there's 600 units right there, and they're slated to be you know, 600 to 1,000 more. Ooh. Yes, I know. Uh, so we're really fortunate that we even got this. But that all brought the the land values up. So our property, um, when it was appraised, appraised for $15 million. Woo! That's a, a little more than double, huh? A little bit more a little than bit double. More. Yeah. 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 Well, that is wow. just amazing. Talk about, there's got, I know that there's a saying like taking rock to, I'll have to figure it out and I'll post it with the episode. But. <laughs> Turning it into a diamond? Yes, exactly. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. From dust to diamond? Yeah, I think so. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has, 
I guess that's I guess that's really how I feel um, about knowing that this was the right thing to do. It's because everything is just opened up, and so um, when you're on the right path. Um, and the doors just seem to open and the opportunities present themselves in the way that they do. It just is the right thing. And I, I just believe that that's what happened because again, when I found this property, I'd driven by it a thousand times. I go, I went up to the farm back then I was going up to the farm all the time. So I'd driven past it numerous times and it was just one day I I just one day I was like what is that place I'm gonna I'm gonna pull in there and I did and so it's just I guess timing is everything dumb luck whatever you want to call it but it is the right thing and this is truly what this property was intended you know for this next part of its life so it served a purpose to our community through its mining and excavation and everything that happened here and now we get to do all of these really cool things i call them the r words we get to reclaim revitalize rewild renature reinvent and bring it back to more of its natural condition and still be able to offer something very useful and beneficial to our community mm-hmm well, and with all of this going on, I mean, all of our departments have still been putting conservation on the ground. Absolutely. We have continued our conferences, our programs. Um, I want to give you some time to talk a little bit about the Farm and Food Symposium. Um, we talked about it earlier in the episode, but um, we brought it back and we have a podcast. <laughs> we yeah. Got, we got and you did love. a live <laughs> podcast oh, yeah. at the Farm and Food Symposium this last year, which was incredible. People loved that. I don't know why you're having me talk about it. That's you. That's <laughs> you. You've done that. Well, I mean, again, and it goes back to the, just the support of the staff, the board, oh, yeah. you know, um, all the department managers, um, Great just really speakers. taking into a, a totally, well, not a totally, but just kind of pivoting the conversation. We mm-hmm. felt that we just needed to, um, kind of you know, the ante. yeah, up the ante and focus a little bit more on, um, our larger scale farmers yeah. um, out on the Palouse. And so really just focusing on regenerative ag practices, mm-hmm. um, bringing in speakers, world-renowned speakers that speak mm-hmm. to those practices and yeah. um, soil health, bring it all around to human health. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's been really exciting. Yeah, um, we talked about that a lot, Hillary, in our last one. We talked about, you know, um, and it is for small acreage farmers absolutely. too. So they're mm-hmm. absolutely going to get something out of that conference. And many of them still still attend it but it was it was really bringing it back to the soil health aspect mm-hmm. and when we can create better food nutrient dense food so better soil is better food is better health is better humans is better communities i mean it just goes on and on right mm-hmm. and that's what we were trying to focus on so um and i think the like you said the quality of the speakers um from ray archuleta rick clark david montgomery i mean these people are world renowned um they know what they're talking about they have proven themselves in in this arena in fact i have a little little um little secret ray archuleta is coming back in june oh yay oh that's so exciting i know i just heard today so it's gonna be fun another field day yeah yeah and maybe alejandro too so we'll get that out um but anyway um so that conference really um it just gives um all of us 
kind of hope, you know, when we think about our food. And I always say, you know, Dwayne, you're a vet. And one of the reasons I love vets on the farm is because it took these people that were so willing to provide us with our national security. And now they're working for our food security. And the two are so directly tied. But the day that we as America, we, that we can't feed ourselves, we're done. There's nobody mm -hmm. else in this world that wants to feed us or that will feed us. We have to, our food is so important and it goes so far beyond the convenience packaged food. We have to get away from that, which is going to lead us hopefully into your next <laughs> topic of food preparation and food preservation and food yes. security. Yes. Well, before we get there, though, but okay. I just also want to highlight some of the other great things that have happened amongst all the other departments. I mean, we did the Inland Tree Conference. Oh, we brought that was that a back. huge success. Yes, we yes. brought that back. Um, our, the Spokane Farm Corridors has now grown oh, yeah. to four different corridors, mm -hmm. which we're super excited to um, host a lot of those farmers on the podcast this season. You guys um, just had a great meeting too oh, last week. That was amazing. Yes. The turnout, the excitement. The enthusiasm yeah we have yeah. the spokane valley now we have the north side we have the west, west plains, plains. Yep. and of course still the south spokane um, hey, hey, the ogs over you guys are the og you guys can we started out with six farms when we started yeah. this as a pilot yeah. six farms on the south spokane corridor and now i think there's like 24 in the south spokane and then we've added the the other yeah. three and it's just growing like, and it continues yeah. to i mean yeah every day new farmers yeah. and getting in touch with new well you know spokane used to be just um a, especially like places like the valley and vinegar flats there were small farms everywhere everywhere mm -hmm. and it's you know bringing some of that back and yeah. it's so cool and again that that um helps us with our food access and food security and mm -hmm. there was no better time to have recognized that than covid mm -hmm. and that's really where some of this kind of spun up so yeah yeah and stacy's been doing just amazing natural resource education yeah. making sure to get out to all of her schools yeah. and all of the different parts of the community so um, i want to go back though you mentioned the yeah. inland tree conference oh yeah that was so good was dr john ball the best oh he was the bomb oh my gosh his personality I did just you love. do a podcast with him no but i oh, should yeah i should get him well we're gonna try and get him back okay good i know yeah we definitely well for all of you for... that missed that conference don't miss it next year it was it's fantastic fun. i mean there's singing there's dancing there's dancing there's yes, I, was, I was a dancer <laughs> yeah if you're a forester and arborist you've got to make sure and put that one on your calendar absolutely okay so let's talk about what is on the horizon if <laughs> so we can excited <laughs> there's so much but i know the biggest I know. the big things yeah well so um some really exciting news um so when we moved on to this campus of course being the asphalt plant that it was there was this building kind of in the center of the property and it's a very odd shaped building it's like 18 feet wide and 160 feet long but it is it is just this well-constructed concrete building. And as a true conservationist, I didn't have the heart to have it torn down. And it was right in the middle of everything. And I'm going to say that there were, there were architects and other people saying, get rid of it, get rid of it. I just couldn't do it. And I knew that one day it would speak and, and, you know, kind of decide what it was supposed to be. But, um, 
working through some of our master planning and with a, another great, you know, design team, um, we started envisioning what would that be like as a permanent farmer's market, something that Spokane does not have. And so many other cities that aren't even as big of, as us do have, why do we not have this here? And so we really started exploring that idea of creating this space for our farmers, small farmers, to come in and be able to have a permanent space, which would include refrigeration and freezer space for better food storage, as well as a commercial learning kitchen. So we can start educating again on um, on that food preservation and food preparation, but also it's going to help with the extension of some of these uh, uh, vendors that we have, you know, as far as food gleaning, value added food processing, um, ways for them to be able to be more profitable. Um, so we've, we've, did a feasibility study on this. We um, hired consultants um, to go look at the the other markets that are around the region, and you know how could we bring that to Spokane? And it really proved itself out. So um, we have designed a beautiful. It's called the Scale House Market and commercial learning kitchen. And um, we're looking at about two and a half million dollars for a build out. So here we go again, jump through hoops of fire to find money, right? But um, as I was, you know, been talking about this, I, I was able to present it to some of our legislators and both on both sides, the D's and the R's, and everybody loved it. We got such overwhelming response; it was it was just incredible. And we had in we're we're technically located in District Four, but um, we certainly straddle, you know, the city of Spokane. So even District Three was super supportive, as well as all of the other. Other districts, six and seven. I mean, we just got a ton of support. Um, so, um, uh, Senator Padden and Representative Suzanne Schmidt um, both um, took that um, our proposal and sponsored it and supported it. And just on Monday, it dropped in the capital budget for um, uh, on the Senate side, and then tomorrow it should be in the House uh, budget. So now that doesn't mean it's a done deal. Um, I couldn't ask for the whole thing, so you have to do this in phases. So I've asked for $750,000 as an initial infrastructure um, amount. And then if that passes, it, so what happens after that is the following week, then they, they have to vote on it. And from what I've heard, there's three times as many requests as there are dollars to be able to fund. So it'll be a battle. Um, but hopefully it ranks high enough as a priority and, and people see this as a real value for our community. It's something that we need. And, um, and if it if it works, then we'll we'll have seven hundred fifty thousand dollars to start it, and then we'll immediately embark on a capital campaign to match those funds with local dollars. I've already spoke with a couple people that were interested in being private investors, and um, within the next year and a half or so, we could have our own permanent market. And Dwayne, you can tell Ooh. us what would that be like as yeah. a vendor? That would be amazing to not <laughs> to not have to haul all your stuff yeah. over and over every time to have cold storage electric all that kind of thing that no, you don't even have to ha haul a table or a pop-up it's all there it's all there mm -hmm. yeah right yeah think, all uh, that we might and actually get on one <laughs> <laughs> well and just as a consumer too i mean really this area it's it's totally needed yeah in this specific area right here i yeah. mean 
I got, I got to say, we are pretty much in a food desert. Oh, we right are. Here. It is a designated yeah. food desert mm-hmm. for sure for fresh food. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. And we really anticipate that we'll be feeding from five different zip codes um, oh, to, to wow. pull that in. It'll be professionally managed. Um, we anticipate year round activities. There is a part of it that is, so there's indoor and outdoor, um, you know, space. So we anticipate that, you know, there will be sections of it that won't be used in the winter, obviously the open aired areas, but there's, um, indoor space that will be available for, you know, for the continuation mm-hmm. of whatever we can, but we're, um, we are very excited about this next step. Oh, I can't even. It's the just... next piece of the puzzle of the, on the campus. <laughs> it is so exciting. There's also and... in the design, Hillary. Um, there's it's designed to host um, three food trucks. So you know Woo-hoo. to have yeah local food trucks. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a good outing now, right? Well, I hope that we have something really fun. Like I don't know, it could be a Thursday night or a Friday night or a Sunday family night yes. day, whatever, where they come out and they can eat, but they can also shop and get their you know their local fresh food for mm-hmm. that week. It, it's 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 a, just a it's yeah. just so and needed. then comes the amphitheater and then comes the yeah 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 <laughs> yeah I know. <laughs> We won't get into all that today, but yeah, on our next episode, <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> Catch us in two more years. Yeah, in two see years. It, yeah, we'll see where we're at then. Yeah, <laughs> can't even imagine. So, well, that is so exciting. Yeah. Um, definitely putting out all the good vibes and all the Thank good you. thoughts yes. and prayers for that because yep. I I agree it's definitely needed here and it, what a magical thing it would just do for this even already magical campus. I know. I know. Just think about the families, you know, with the 50 kids that are here, there's 50 families right there. Yeah. I mean, who isn't going to walk over here when, after they pick up their child and go to the market? Exactly. The right? Freshest food possible. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm really excited about the commercial kitchen. That's something that's so important and really needed in Spokane, but it just gives us that opportunity of educating people again about, you know, we have de-skilled several generations now we need to start building that skill level up again on on food preparation it's not hard you just have to know how to do it and and food preservation so we look forward to working with other partners like wsu they used to have a master master's preserve master preservation group i don't know that that's i'm hoping that that's going to get started again you know everything covid shut down everything Mm -hmm. but looking forward to bringing back some of those resources to our community that are important Mm -hmm. and wanted Mm -hmm. so yeah Well, speaking of um, resources, and as we start to kind of wrap up, um, another great resource that we have come up in just a few weeks is our tree sale pickup. I know you guys killed it again this year, Hillary. Yes, we will have um, put out over 90,000 seedlings to our community this year. Unreal. Yes, and and it was like almost 1,100 orders, right? Yes. Gosh, yep. Just right dang. up there. 1100. So we're yes. excited to have everybody come pick up is April 7th and 8th here on the campus, 4422 East 8th Avenue. We're excited for that. And then it's going to be Earth Day and Arbor Day next well, month. So back up one second. Oh. You do realize that that tree cell. No. Okay. So this is 2023. So next year will be our 50th oh, anniversary gosh. of our tree cell. It started in 1974. Oh man. Mm. I'm going to have to stick around just to be the historian. (laughs) Yes. 1974 was the first tree cell. We'll see if we can get any bigger. (laughs) Yeah, right. But we'll have to do something really special with with that. Oh, how fun. We'll have to just do a whole tree forestry. Wouldn't that be cool? Like fair. 
Yeah. 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 I know Garth's oh, been talking I know about he it. Has. Yes. Yeah. He'll love that. So Absolutely. We'll make it come to life. Yeah, but lots of Earth Day activities mm-hmm. and Arbor Day activities are coming up. Yeah, that's um, that's all. That's uh, that's us. That's yes. all us. Um, aren't you doing something really cool with um, one of the Earth Day activities up at? Um, so yeah, so we will actually have a booth um, up at St. John's Cathedral for the Hope for Creation yeah, Hope conference, for creation. and this is their water year. It is their water year. Yeah, um, and that is on April twenty second. And then we will also be out at Finch Arboretum um, yeah. for Arbor Day as well. Um, that's the following Saturday. And then in between there, we have several volunteer events. Um, I, If anybody's interested in volunteering, if your organization, if that's part of your mission and you want to get out here with a group of um, your coworkers to get your hands dirty and um, contribute to some conservation, um, go and check out our page, spokanecd.org slash friends of the quarry. You can find all of those opportunities there um, or reach out to us at info at spokanecd.org. Um, and if you just want to come and be a part of the magic, reach out to us, right? That's I mean, absolutely. We're always looking for partners and ideas. We have intern positions open. Um, So there's a couple both in water resources and in forestry, as well as up at Vets on the Farm. So yeah, we've got all kinds of volunteer and employment opportunities. Yes. So lots of good things going on. Um, If you want to come and be a part of it, reach out to us, uh, check out our website. Um, I think we're all just in awe of what's happened in less than two years. And it's so exciting to just hear about all the things that are happening that are on the horizon and, um, job well done (laughs) to everybody. (laughs) It is, it is a we thing for sure. And, um, job well done to everybody. I mean, um, it is all good. You're right, Hillary, but it, um, it took every single one of us to pull this off. Well, we so appreciate you taking the time um, out of your definitely busy schedule <laughs> to come and talk with us. Um, but Vicki, I was listening back to the episode and you know what we did not do in your first episode? We did right. not do a Spitfire round with her. Oh right. my gosh. So oh we're my. totally going to do it. We got like a few minutes, we got a okay. couple minutes left and we're right. going to knock this out. Okay. Um, okay. Are you ready? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> okay. Um, what's your favorite emoji? <laughs> my favorite emoji, um, uh, probably the one with the wink and the kiss. Oh, I love it. A little flirt. <laughs> what's your favorite movie? Oh, you guys. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with True Grit. True, Ooh. new or old? old or, well, both, but both. new. Okay. I'm going to go new. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Um, what's on your music playlist right now? Oh, oh man. Uh, right now I've got a lot of Amos Lee, Andrew Duhon, um, the Mavericks. Um, I'm starting to listen to some new music, so that's kind of fun, but yeah, those are my go-tos and Mount Joy. I have to say Mount (gasps) Joy is every day and JJ Gray and the Mofro. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) You know my wedding song is going to be Mount Joy. Oh, I hope so. It should be. Good. Yes. Good. I'm going to make you cry. Favorite place to go out and eat in Spokane here? Oh, my gosh, you guys. Um, favorite place to go eat. 
There's so many. Spokane's getting so good. So good. We have such a good local food scene. We do. That's a tough one. I want to come back to that one. I can't spitball that one. (laughs) Okay. Um, Last book you read. Well, can I do the last book that I'm reading? Yeah. Because I'm reading it right now. Um, It's called Rewild. And it's actually, it's so engaging, but it was given to me by my dear friend, Hazen Odell, who you guys know Mm -hmm. with the Nat Geo show, Primal Survivor. Um, And it is about his real friend who was a a British soldier and, um, and just how he had to use nature to be able to come back from what he experienced in Afghanistan after four tours. It's fascinating. And can you say that name again? Rewild. Rewild. Yeah. I've got it in my office. Let's get one of those. Come check it out. Okay. And we are definitely going to have to tally up this question. <laughs> but, and I was thinking about switching it up this season, but we we got to get you in the tally. Beatles or the Rolling Stones? Rolling Stones. <laughs> no hesitation on that one. No either. hesitation at all. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Vicki, for sitting down with us. Yeah. And again, congrats and looking forward to all and all the great things to come. A celebration for everybody. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. You guys were great. Rocks to Roots is sponsored by the Office of Farmland Preservation. Office of Farmland Preservation is a program within the Washington State Conservation Commission that works to address the rapid loss of working farm and forest lands in our state. Together, the Washington State Conservation Commission and conservation districts provide voluntary, incentive-based programs that empower private landowners to implement conservation on their property. You can learn more about their programs and services by visiting their website, scc.wa.gov.